Welcome to Season 3 of Green Minds Think Alike. Uh, joining me today is Glenn Hadwin. Uh, Glenn went with the city of Fort Lauderdale. Um, Glenn, as far as I know, is sort of the godfather of sustainability here in the state of Florida. So um, we're here at the uh, Southeast Sustainability Directors Network Annual Conference in Sarasota, Florida. So Glenn, thanks for coming. Um, really appreciate it. So um you know, we've had a great few days here in Sarasota, and um, you know, what are some of the takeaways from from your time here uh, this this week? Well, I think it's great to see how many people we have, how many Florida people we have uh, joining us. Where I'm really excited that, in addition to um, people from all over the Southeast, we are having a Florida Sustainability Directors Network meeting as a piggyback, and we what we've really seen is the growth of the, the state networks. We had a session on the, the development of, the, of networks in different states, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Georgia. And Florida participated too. And I, I, it's very um, good to see how much growth there is in Florida, especially with all the sustainability and climate challenges we face. So as I kind of mentioned, I sort of look to you as sort of the originator of sustainability within the state. Can you kind of talk about, you know, um, how you entered into USDN, ultimately mm -hmm. into SSDN, you, you've had leadership roles. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of talk about some of that history a little bit? Sure, absolutely. Um, I first started working on sustainability in 2007. I had worked as an environmental consultant before that, and I had never worked specifically on climate change issues. I think in 2007, there weren't a lot of people who did that, frankly. And um, the city of Miami was starting to think about um, climate change and sea level rise, and so they found their office. I should actually back up a bit and, and, and note that um, one of the the real founders of um, the sustainability is Miami-Dade County, which in the early 90s um, um, started looking at climate change and, and looking at greenhouse gas emissions and was one of the um, leading partners in the foundation of ICLEI, who is, um, they're still around today, but they mm -hmm. were one of the first um, organizations to really work with local governments on sustainability. Um, so now I've gone back to the 90s, let me have <laughs> moved. So, but it, th there was kind of a lull, I think, with sustainability efforts until our, the mid-2000s in different cities. A few cities started um, pushing on sustainability, particularly in Florida. And so Miami created an office and they um, at, at higher, I think we started out with a staff around six. It kind of oh, ebbed wow. and flowed, and it, it went down after that, and, and they're growing back up again and doing a lot of great things again. Um, but that at that time, so, yeah, there were very few people. There were not, um, there wasn't an FSDN. There wasn't an SSDN. Um and so a lot of the people in cities who are working on sustainability, um, and I think it started out with a lot of the larger cities who are, who it was new to them too, and they wanted people to talk to, so they um, formed an informal network. I think part of that was um, founded, we hosted the 
U.S. Conference of Mayors annual meeting in Miami in 2008, and there were some number of sustainability people that came to that meeting. And that was where I met some of the people who would become among the founding members of USDN. And, okay. and consequent, I think as a result of that, they oh, invited okay. the city of Miami to start participating in USDN. And I went to the first official USDN meeting, I think that was in 2009 in Chicago. And there were probably maybe 50 people in the room. So mm -hmm. at this point, SSDN is larger than that first yeah. wow, iter iteration of USDN. And the USDN, as you know, we've talked about earlier, has grown to about 250 members. Um, I don't know if I've gotten really far off track. <laughs> no, no. I mean, that, that history is great. Um, and then as far as I assume then your sort of progression into um, getting into the Southeast group, mm -hmm. you know, it just sort of evolved out of the USDN. Yeah, definitely. Um, I At USDN, I met um, Maggie Ullman, who was at the time the sustainability director for Asheville. And she, along with um, Susanna Sutherland, who was in Knoxville then, um, created the Southeast Sustainability Directors Network. Um, I have to admit, I didn't make the first two meetings. I think I made the third one, which was in Orlando. Mm -hmm. But I, I had known Maggie before from USDN. And she. Um, it was out of that, I think... One of the things that was happening with USDN is they didn't have a lot of capacity or they, they were concerned about maintaining their network structure and if they just opened the doors and let everyone come in, they wouldn't have that one-on-one -on -one connection. So they, um, were, they were increasing the membership but somewhat slowly. <clears throat> so well, I think two of the things that drove SSDN were the, the addressing the capacity issue and also the realization that you know we're in there and you've got San Francisco, New York City, Portland, Seattle, right. who are all have <clears throat> the resources and the support to do these cut, cutting edge sustainability work. But in the Southeast, we have a lot of other challenges. We have more resistance from maybe our state government or, or our local government, and we have to frame what we're doing in a different way. And I think those two things drove us to see the need for a, a, a network focused on the challenges of, um, of sustainability in the South. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then kind of, I guess, even full circle from that is then mm -hmm. sort of the development of the state, as you yeah. kind of alluded to earlier, mm -hmm. and Lee Hayes Byron from Sarasota, now uh, yeah. Sarasota, I mean, Sarasota County and uh, IFAS. Um, maybe talk a little bit about that formulation. I know it, mm -hmm. you, you can talk a little bit more about the framework of, of how it got put together. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, I met Lee Hayes. There was at the, and maybe in around 2008, 2009, when our governor was still Charlie Crist, and he hosted a climate conference in Miami, the, our, our state of Florida at that time. Was you know was willing to do that and um, that drew you know at least a few hundred people. Arnold Schwarzenegger came out to oh, talk wow. about climate change and then I think a little bit after that we started you know connect 
talking. That was the first one of the first opportunities I had to, you know, talk to other people in Florida. Ickley was a lot more active then in terms of the network building, and I believe they had had a meeting in Tallahassee. But there, there were very few of us that were working on it. There were uh, Miami-Dade County had their Office of Sustainability. Um, I think some people in Broward had an office. Um, and maybe Orlando might have been at that time. Maybe. Yeah, Jonathan Ippel was in yeah, Orlando. Right. Um, so out, out of that, um, it, it really was a lot of the drive came from Lee Hayes, and I, I you know, worked with her to put together. We would do a call, um, maybe quarterly or bi-monthly, and I'm racking my brain to try and guess how many people we had on that call in those early calls, maybe a dozen, maybe 20. Yeah. And it just, you know, we kept doing it. And over the years, a lot, you know, we kept finding more and more cities who were, you know, had a sustainability position. I think, you know, speaking in, as um, someone from Southeast Florida, there's also, I, I should probably mention the Southeast Florida Regional Climate Compact. Yeah. Which I think also spurred a lot of work on uh, in local government on on sustainability, particularly resiliency, and there there also seemed to be a network forming out of that. However, the compact isn't isn't geared solely at sustainability professionals. It's open to the the general public, and it's actually they try to get the elected officials involved and the city managers. So the it. The, that had a lot of value in communicating and trying to get the governments working together, but it didn't really serve the purpose of having, you know, the the focus of the, the sustainability staff and their work. So we needed something separate, but it did offer an opportunity um, to, for us to connect and for more local governments to get engaged on this issue. Well, I, I know for myself, I'm yeah. totally appreciative for the efforts you and Lee Hayes and, the, yeah. you know, you guys have put in and in, in developing that because there's, there's so much value. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about what you're doing now okay. uh, in Fort Lauderdale. Maybe talk a little bit about the the context of the city and, and how that drives the what you guys are working on there. Okay. Well, I'll say in Fort Lauderdale, we have um, the, the mixed blessing of... Be, of being very engaged on climate change because of the vulnerability that we that we have. So it, it means that our, our our residents are very aware of the issues. We do an annual survey uh, of satisfaction with government mm -hmm. services. And one of the top issues is always um, you know, our management of flooding. Um, so with that, um, that's given us the opportunity to really um, focus and prioritize our work, uh, particularly on adaptation front. Um, so we've, with that, we've really worked hard to embed sustainability into all our all our operations, sustainability and resiliency. We um, one of the things I'm going to be talking about later today is what we've done in, with employee engagement, and we have done mandatory training on climate change for all full-time staff. Um, we did that in 2015, and now um, all of our new staff have um, sustainability training as part of their orientation. 
Um, so with that, that really gives us a framework. We also have a vision plan, mm -hmm. which was uh, created in 2013, and it, it asked our our residents what what kind of a city do they want to have in 2035? And one of the top areas is um, labeled We Are Ready, which is about being a resilient community, being able to manage it. Um, I should also mention, in terms of our vulnerability, we are thir city 35 square miles, but we have 165 miles of canals. Oh, wow. And, I mean, we have seven miles of beach, which everyone thinks of, but there's a lot of waterways going through this city so that means that our flooding issues pervasive throughout the city it's not just the people yeah, on the beach so we have to do a lot of work um, to manage those systems to manage that water um, we've been doing work with um, tidal valves we have issues during king tide events where the 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 tide will raise, will elevate so high that we'll get flooding into our roadways. So we're putting, one of the things we're addressing that is we, we're installing one-way valves in some of our stormwater systems so the water can't back up. Mm -hmm. um, we're also, we passed a seawall ordinance last year to require property owners to maintain a seawall if they're if they have flooding that's impacting neighbors or the uh, or the road public roads, um, th those are let's see some of the highlights. We we're updating our sustainability action plan this year. We it's um, going to have a focus on our internal operations where you just are, have completed a our our nearing completion of a design and construction manual, which is an effort to um, bring together our engineering, our planning, our transportation and mobility, our stormwater, our water utility, our urban forester into uh, gui guidance for what the public realm should look like in terms of for pla placemaking, for resiliency, for um, being compatible with the other services we're providing. Um, but that goes to how we are really trying to integrate sustainability into everything we do. Mm -hmm. um, being part of the Southeast Florida Regional Climate Compact, they periodically um, will publish a sea, regional sea level rise projection. And we take that to commission and, and to adopt that with the direction that that should be considered in all of the, the city's work projects and different um, um, any any planning that we're doing as well. Do you have Do you have personally some sort of ultimate goals you'd like to see you know, accomplish while you're at the city of Fort Lauderdale? Mm -hmm. I mean, you kind of we all have these plans, but there are certain things that you're kind of really wanting to see to fruition. Uh, well, um, I've been. We definitely want to start moving the the community towards um, looking more at the greenhouse gas emissions reductions we've done right now we have a real internal focus and we're starting to think about how do we apply that one of the the interesting things about being in fort lauderdale is with where we all know about the flooding issues mm -hmm. but if we're really going to um to address 
the sea level rise issues, the you know the global warming. We we as a city and you know as a world, we need to move to a place where we are our greenhouse gas emissions are no longer you know mm-hmm. causing this warming. Where I mean, I would like to see, and and th- this is beyond you know my tenure there. I'm sure that we. But I would like to see us make progress in in advancing in the community how we are re- reducing our greenhouse gas emissions. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we we have a cool roofs ordinance we have um, drafted and are about to release. And then after we do that, I would like to see us as a city look at um, something you know some of the other things communities are doing. Uh, for for greenhouse gas reduction, such as potential, we have in our current sustainable action plan a energy disclosure ordinance, and I I know Miami Dade's moving forward on that, and I'd like to see have us look at if we can do that. Um, but we, so what I would really like to see in my in my tenure there is us. I think we're making a lot of progress on on adaptation. And I'd like that to continue, but I'd like to see us really push harder on the green, the greenhouse gas reductions, the clean energy. On, on the professional side, mm-hmm. you kind of have a, you know, if you could give a piece of advice for somebody that's new, just starting a, you know, down the career and, and into a sustainability profession, what kind of advice might you uh, share with them? Um, I can tell you as looking back from where I started in Miami, where I knew very few people who were doing this. And, um, I, I think seek out opportunities to learn. And, you know, I think these networks we're in FSDN, SSDN, USDN are great learning opportunities. And I know we all have a, we all, we're all very busy. We got a lot to do, but I, I think take, taking some opportunity to you know learn and just understand how different people in different cities approach their problems um i i think yeah just being open is a great um a great way to learn and and putting yourself you know out there and um i i encourage people to get involved with things with fsdn ssdn um, serve on the committees. You get it, you know, if there are peer learning opportunities, take advantage of all of those. Well, like I said earlier, I, I certainly appreciate what you attributed in building these networks. You know, mm-hmm. it's made things easier for, for those new people coming in. So I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. I didn't want to uh, okay. spend too much more more time because I know we have the FSDN coming up, but Thanks again, Glenn. It, it's it's really great, and I'm thanks for sharing your story. Okay, and uh, I want to thank you, Chris, for inviting me. I think this sure. is great that you're recording this because I don't think anyone else is really, you know, try you know building this history of what what we're doing here. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important for us to understand sort of yeah. where we've come from to yeah. to know where we're going, and uh, and I really appreciate it. So thanks. Okay, thank you. All right, great. change. All right, so. Just as a uh, an extension here, we're going to add a little bit more here with Glenn. So, as um, I was thinking about what uh, the history of sustainability in in Florida, one of the funny things that happened to me is in the early '90s, I was in 
in graduate school in Boston studying environmental science. And um, Al Gore came to town, and he gave a talk on climate change. This was probably 92 or 93. Oh, wow. And I remember going in and, and listening to him talk and, and thinking, wow, this is a huge problem. But I also had the thought at that time I, that, well, I, I'm sure we'll figure this out. And then 15 years later, no one had figured it out. Yeah. And that, I think that seed had stuck with me, and that was why I made the change from the environmental consulting to sustainability. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. And then uh, a few years later after that, I got to go to um, the climate reality training with Al Gore. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it kind of comes full circle in, yes, in many ways. Definitely. I appreciate, you know, I think that's a that's a great story just to hear sort of what what got you interested yeah. in. You know, that's part of it too. Yeah. You know, we all have different paths, especially now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, or, or, or maybe for us that we're kind of veterans in this a little bit, yeah. we didn't grow up in a sustainability yeah. path in, in the university type level. So uh, to hear kind of how people got into that, into this work is is always interesting to hear as well so thanks for adding that i appreciate it thank you chris